Hello, everyone. My name is Lino Ferra, the host of Crib of Talks. Every month, we select a topic based on its relevance to current events that directly or indirectly has an impact on the quality of life and challenges faced by members of our vulnerable population, especially individuals with varied intellectual and developmental disabilities. Guests on our show provide our audience with a more comprehensive understanding of the issues being discussed on our program. The need to access food banks in order to feed your families growing at an alarming rate in this country. What we are seeing is the combination of long-term effects to a broken social safety net, combined with the effects of inflation and high costs, driving more people to use food banks than ever before in Canadian history. In our last episode, we interviewed Graham Hill, Executive Director of Food for Life, an important charitable social business that rescues millions of kilograms of fresh, perishable produce destined to landfill sites and redistributes these products to neighborhood food programs within the Halton and Hamilton community. In this program, in staying with the need for food, we have invited Robin Bailey, Executive Director of the Burlington Food Bank, a registered charitable social business whose mission is to provide food to those in need within the community of Burlington, Ontario. Robin, welcome to today's program. Thanks, Lino. It's nice to be here. Great. Robin, let us begin our discussion by asking, when and how did the Burlington Food Bank come into existence? Uh, the Burlington Food Bank started in uh, 1991, and it uh, was a number of churches in the west end of Burlington that recognized that there was a need uh, in that end of the city. Uh, the east end of the city has been covered uh, for quite a while now by the Salvation Army and their children and family services or their community and family services, and they do a tremendous job. And so uh, these local churches, I believe there was six or, or seven of them that came together recognizing that need and decided that they would put something together to try and serve uh, the community on the west end of the city. Uh, really in Aldershot is where it started at the corner of King Road and uh, Plains, right where the Enterprise Rent-A-Car is. Great. So can you share a story for our listeners, one that has really impacted your commitment to the Burlington Food Bank? Sure, we've uh, we've often seen uh, clients coming in um, quite down and and not feeling great about themselves, and uh, I've I've been able to witness firsthand a number of people who um, come on that first day and uh, in our intake interview, which we do um, in a confidential setting, and, and are able to sit down at a, at a boardroom table and and have a little conversation uh, and hear their story of the struggle that they're having. So it would be you know, a young man who was uh, a family man struggling to put things together. It wasn't going well for him. Uh, he broke down in tears, obviously, not feeling that he was providing for his family. Um, we let him know that that the community was behind him and able to support him uh, through us being that conduit at the Burlington Food Bank. We were then able to point him in the direction of a few other uh, resources. Uh, I'm thankful to say that now he uh, reaches out to us every once in a while to let us know how well he's doing. Um, even in these difficult times, uh, he was able to find employment um, through our direction. Uh, but really what it came down to was he felt that that very base need of food was taken care of first, and then he could start to build blocks on top of that. And so he was able to uh, reach out to some of the employment services that are available in our community and then be able to find the work that works for him and is also very rewarding for him. Wow, great story. 
So what about yourself? What what inspired you to work with the non, within his nonprofit sector? And how did this lead to your leadership role as executive director of the Burlington uh, Foundation? Yeah, so I was uh, I was actually one of those people who was struggling. Um, oh. And uh, I had actually moved back from Alberta. I had grown up in Ontario in Mississauga area. Uh, I'd moved out west with my family. Um, was promised work when I came back. Uh, when I came back, that position wasn't available. And um, so I, I just kept trying to find little pieces of work that would work for me. And and uh, nothing was really fitting. Uh, I couldn't find anything that was um, substantive enough to support my family. And um, I remember my son was playing hockey. Uh, my dad had made a promise when, when my son was first born that he would uh, pay for all of his hockey growing up. So though we had no money, we were actually still able to put him in hockey. And um, I saw this gentleman with a Salvation Army hat on uh, who kind of sat off on the side. And I went over and um, talked to a few of my friends who knew a little bit about the Salvation Army and found out who he was and went over and talked with Jeff Johnson. And I said, are you hiring? <laughs> and I was just looking for work. And so he uh, he actually brought me on as a caseworker uh, back, I guess, almost 14 years ago now. And so I've been in the uh, the food security um, sort of sector since then. Oh, great. Wonderful. You know, you indicate in your website uh, that there are so many touch points to your social business. For example, with regards to food, you collect food, you grow food, you purchase food, you distribute food, right? And you sort food. And with regards to, let's say, the infrastructure in general, you rely on donations as your revenue. You rely on your valued partners to provide product. And you rely on a team of volunteers, staff, to provide the labor required by this business, which is evolving. Can you expand on a few of these touch points? Sure. Um, I think especially when it comes to uh, the food piece, uh, we really are um, great at acquiring food in a variety of different ways. And one of the ones that we're really um, excited about is the growing food. So mm -hmm. we actually have a number of community plots uh, at the Maple Garden, as well as uh, a great partner in Bunchberry Connections, the Urban Farm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it right downtown Burlington at Prospect and, and uh, sorry, at Ghent and, and Brant. And uh, they've taken a field that's going to be used for development and put in a, a number of straw bales and are growing food there for us, uh, growing a little bit over 2,000 pounds of food for us this past year. Wow. Um, and it's really something that our clients um, recognize, the freshness, uh, the quality of nutrition that comes from that. And it's, it's really quite amazing that we've gone beyond just a, a few community gardens that we were trying to figure out what we could grow and instead um, being very specific to what our clients uh, need and, and want. Um, as far as the infrastructure piece goes, really the backbone for, for a number of our initiatives is uh, Feed Ontario, which used to be known as the Ontario Association of Food Banks. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're the sole member of that here in Burlington, uh, which also gives us membership with Food Banks Canada. And that infrastructure allows us to have um, allocation from a number of the farming groups within Ontario. So the dairy farmers are a big supporter of food banks across Ontario, uh, providing to us here in Burlington a little bit under 750 liters of milk uh, per month, which is amazing for us and allows us to, to give up fresh dairy along with that which, which we purchase. But the, the chicken farmers, the egg farmers, the beef farmers, you name it, they're, uh, they're willing to support us uh, and that, that entire association uh, known as Feed Ontario. I, I've noticed with a lot of other organizations uh, uh, that they, you know, they have a paid staff, right? Obviously, right. So you would have your own staff that's on 
payroll and and but you but you rely greatly on volunteers right so what are the number of volunteers because i know through the hockey organization that i i belong to the brunton old timers hockey club you know they collect food at the various points in time in the month you know through a, a group of volunteers right and and so i would assume that this is uh exponentially so across uh, all of Bur burlington you must have a lot of volunteers both at your your facility and and around the community, right? Doing this kind of work. Is there a number that you could give us? Uh, how many people are involved with the organization? Yeah, so you're you're dead on, Lino. Uh, we have uh, very few staff. We only have four paid staff. There you go. Uh, we have uh, approximately seventy five to one hundred active volunteers that work directly with the food bank, and then beyond that, we have so many volunteers throughout the community that are doing food drives for us, and and you know. You mentioning um, with with what goes on with the Bowser group uh, supporting us through the Burlington Old Timers Hockey, uh, they have a number of volunteers that are there on a regular basis for them, and we see that countlessly, as well as a number of the uh, organizations or clubs throughout the city. So clubs like Lions and Rotary and and all of those types all also use their volunteerism to support the Burlington Food Bank. And it's so critical, right, Robin, to to have these people behind you, right, the, to support this organization without them it just doesn't work i know from the 2022 data in the canadian hunger report published by the food banks canada which burlington food bank i understand is a proud member we saw a 15 percent increase from march 2021 in food bank usage and i noticed across across canada and a 35 percent increase compared to march 2019 and according to this survey respondents the top three reasons why people accessed food banks were increased food costs low provincial social assistance and rising housing costs, such as rental costs, I would, I would assume is the biggest factor. How do you use this data and factor this into your operation, Robin? Yeah, those are uh, numbers that we see similar, especially the uh, 15 to 20% in the past year. So that's just running our stats recently from 2021 to 2022. Mm -hmm. That's right around where we're hitting about 15 to 20% above what we did in 21. Uh, our number actually is quite drastic. Uh, March 2019 to March 2022, we were closer to 80% our increase. And so we, we've uh, really seen that increase happen. And recently, uh, in the last four or five months, we've seen our data increase about 20%, even though we're about 15% for the whole year. Um, and those are the things that are standing at the forefront of why people are using us. Uh, one of the alarming things that we've seen in the last number of months has really been people who are working needing to access our services now. Uh, that used to be a very, very small portion. It's growing now. So a number of people who've always had uh, a job that paid okay uh, or pays, you know, it allowed them to live. Um, now it's not enough. And so they need some more support in the community. So uh, that's really where we're seeing that increase start to happen. Of course, housing is a big one in Burlington. Uh, it's not a it's not a cheap city to live in. It's it's expensive, and there's been um, uh, an increase in in rental rates uh, as far as the fees go. When someone moves out and a new tenant moves in, uh, yeah. they're allowed to increase their rates to whatever they deem to be market, and uh, those are sizable increases. And so we have seen uh, that number go up considerably in the last number of years. Right. And uh, of course, I agree with you. Social assistance, too. I mean, the rates, uh, you know, they really haven't been escalating that much. And 
and and you know they have to cover so many uh, living costs and there's not much left over for food. What we need to remember is that behind these numbers is a person who is struggling too much just to get by, you know, and that's really the sad part. And uh, where they why you become this you know food bank becomes so important. Um, I also noticed in a recent Toronto newspaper article published, I believe, on December 22nd, uh, and a quote, it stated a quote, hunger is a 12-month-a-year problem, not just a November-December problem. And Robin, people by nature, I don't know if you agree with me, are very generous over the holidays. Uh, they tend to donate more over the holiday season. It appears from statistics that the donations are fewer over the balance of the year. So how do you manage the increasing needs month to month with a reduction in donations? Uh, what we've done at, at the food bank is we really tried to focus on that message a number of years ago, probably two or three years ago, and let people know that if you were to say want, want to give to the Burlington Food Bank maybe $1,000 in a year, if you were to give us $100 a month, you're actually going to increase what you give us over a year. And at the same time, it gives us that money to be able to work with earlier on. And so monthly donors are a big piece for us. Uh, we've seen that increase greatly uh, over the last little while. And, uh, you know, a donation such as even just $25 a month equals $300 in a year. And that's that's quite a bit of milk that we can purchase with that, right? And it allows us to do a lot more uh, throughout the year. And so our monthly donor base has been a big help for us. Um, the other thing that we've done is also try to emphasize to people that our giving drops considerably through the summer. And uh, that is a time when we haven't seen our numbers drop as far as people using our food bank, which used to be typical about three years ago, we would see a, a considerable drop off in usage through the summer. And that doesn't happen anymore over the last two years. And I don't think it's ever going to return to that. Uh, and so that people are more aware of it. Uh, I do think we've heard more in the last week, even of people saying, I know that you still need to feed people now. And so we're going to try and figure out how to do a food drive in February how to do a food drive in April, how to do these things throughout the year. And I think that that's uh, one of the messages that we would like people to remember is it is in fact a 12 month a year problem. Um, and there are people hungry throughout the year. Uh, what we also try to do is be good stewards of the money that people give us. So when you've given us a financial donation around Christmas time, uh, you know, sort of through that November, December period, we make sure we hold on to that and use it well when we get into the summer and make the purchases that we need to. Uh, we were purchasing products throughout the summer, Lino, that I never ever thought we would ever have to buy. Uh, we had to buy small soup. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd ever have to buy that uh, as a food bank. It's one of those staples that you always have enough of, and we just didn't uh, because our numbers have gone up so much as far as usage and the donations dropped. Um, but again, because we were good stewards, we were able to make the purchases. And I'm happy to say that throughout the year, nobody went without any of the quantity or quality of food that we uh, really pride ourselves in and making sure that people are receiving food in a, in a dignified and timely manner from us. No, super, man. Super. You know, uh, this leads me to my next question, which, uh, you know, you and I have discussed uh, before the perceived stigma attached to access to the food bank. Um, is there a message that speaks to this point? Like, for example, how do we break down this barrier, Robin, that stops people from reaching out for assistance when they really need it, right? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that we noticed uh, recently, so when COVID first hit, uh, that broke down a bit of it. Um, 
all of a sudden our numbers went up significantly that first month. Uh, we saw people who more than likely had needed us for quite some time, but all of a sudden in tragedy or in crisis, uh, they felt that they could finally reach out. And we really do try to treat everyone as if we're running a grocery store so that when someone comes in to use the food bank and we're really excited about opening on January 9th to the public to be able to come in and use our food bank again, that they will feel that they're getting good quality food and feeling more like that shopping experience. And then that word gets out to other people that it's not such a bad place to go, that it really is a bunch of caring individuals who uh, who genuinely just are concerned that you and your family or you as an individual have enough to eat and that you have good quality food. And I think that it is slowly breaking down. And the other place that we saw that increase really happen was more recently uh, when the inflation rates started to be announced and how high they were going. And all of a sudden, again, it was okay to admit that it's hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that it's only about 20 or 25% of the population who actually needs to use a food bank that uses a food bank. And that's just anecdotal data that we've heard. Uh, but you can see it and you can hear it. And when you see the numbers that Halton Region has of, you know, an 11% uh, people need to use a food bank, and that's probably an underestimation. Um, that's a significant number of people in a, in a community that's well over 500,000 now. That's 50,000 <laughs> 50, people, yeah. you know, and, and uh, in a month, right? And, and we're not serving anywhere near that. And so we know that there's a number of people out there who need the help. And uh, we're really um, eager to be able to supply that help. But really, it comes down to recognizing you're not taking food away from someone else that needs it more than you. Uh, you're really just believing in a community that believes in you. And uh, that's why so many people support the food bank uh, and really are such a blessing to us to be able to be those hands and feet that, that actually deliver that food out to people. That's wonderful. You've given us, uh, Robin, so much valuable information. So how can we as members of the community help your social business, the Burlington Food Bank? Uh, obviously, the first is to be a good advocate for us. Uh, let people know. Uh, that there is a food bank. I think sometimes people are surprised that there's a food bank in Burlington, that we're as busy as we are. And it's not only uh, us as the Burlington Food Bank, but there's a network. There's a, a number of uh, food security agencies. And the reason there's so many is because there is such a great need. Uh, the second one would be to continue doing food drives for us, uh, continue doing those things that make people not only aware of, of uh, what the need is, but also an opportunity to give to that need. And uh, finally, I would say, um, but not even finally, there's a couple uh, volunteering um, mm -hmm. That's right. and some, some of that volunteering is, is really big, uh, doing it where you are and not necessarily at the food bank, but again, um, doing those local food drives or just things that are going on that are supporting us. And then finally, uh, people who want to give to us financially can do so in a number of ways. Uh, probably the easiest is through our website uh, and really all of the information to support us in all of those ways that I just said are available there. So if you're running a food drive, we have a lot of uh, media pieces there that are available to you to be able to print brochures, to be able to, to make for a great food drive uh, that we can support you. You can register your event. Uh, again, that we have volunteer applications and all of those things are in place for you to uh, be able to support us at the Burlington Food Bank. Wonderful. That's a lot of information there. And uh, I want to add to that is that uh, from, me, from, my, from my own personal uh, viewpoint visiting the your place you know is also nice because you know 
I, I may not need you today, but tomorrow when it's like circumstances may change. And, you know, it's nice to know that I, I've gone there. I've seen the place. I've seen how people uh, interact with, with the public and how generous they are and how, how wonderful the organization is. It, it, it says a lot. You know, it speaks to, it speaks greatly to what you're doing, right? So don't be afraid to go there and, and visit the Burlington Food Bank and, and the people. So uh, we've come to the end of our program. Firstly, we don't have so much time. Uh, Robin, thank you again for taking time to appear on our program today and, you know, and talking about your wonderful organization. Thanks again for having me, Reno. We have come to the end of our program. Robin, his dedicated staff, and the many volunteers of the Burlington Food Bank provide a much needed service in our community. Without revisiting the social impact of global pandemic and its long lasting effects, it is not beyond the realm of possibility to understand the data obtained from Food Banks Canada that state more than half of Canadians are less than a paycheck away from dire financial circumstances. According to Food Banks Canada, hunger can hit anyone at any time. A sudden or prolonged illness, an accident, a job loss, or precarious family situation can push anyone over the edge and into the position of visiting a food bank. These social businesses must continue to replenish their shelves and receive donations to be sustainable. There comes a time when many of us fall on hard times, sometimes for just a while and for many for a longer term. So let's support our food banks. Their services are so very vital. I look forward to hosting our next episode of Cribble of Talks. If you have missed any of our previous webcasts, search Cribble of Talks on YouTube and follow us on your TV Halton, Coachville's community channel covering local news and productions in the Burlington and Oakville areas. You can also find all of our episodes on our own website, cribbleoftalks.com, and various other social media platforms. I always like hearing from members of our community. Should you wish to share your story and be part of a future webcast, please write to us at info at cribbleoftalks.com. Your voice matters. Thank you once again for watching Cribble of Talks. And remember, let's help those who need our help.